Undertone Football Show. Football show. And we are back. Obviously, that was Tints. Uh, it's, a, it's a new song, I'm pretty sure, but I'm, I'm absolutely loving that. And uh, we're here to talk about a bit of the North London derby, aren't we, Lucas? We are. A great game, a great game. It was a brilliant game, wasn't it, to watch? I think even for the neutrals, like me and Alex, were watching that. Like, this is brilliant. Uh, being an Arsenal fan, what was it like being sort of caught in the, the midst of that almost? Well, it was just literally like a tumble dryer of emotions. <laughs> literally, because one minute you're so excited that we're pressing, then we're winning the ball back high at the pitch, we're getting all these chances. And we get the penalty, we score. And then suddenly within minutes, they've scored twice and yeah. we're losing the game. And then there's a little fight in the corner. And they're thinking, where, where's it all gone wrong? Yeah. And then it comes back out after half time. You're making substitutions and then we we equalise, we score. And then we like finish the game off with Torreira's goal. It's just, oh, I just love the game. It's one of the best North London derbies in a while, isn't it, Alex? Absolutely. I would say. Absolutely. You had like period of times where there was five twos and goals all over the gaff but you know what was it two nil last year and it was what one nil at Wembley or something along those lines um the last good one that I can think of sorry Lucas um this is uh White Hart Lane you know when Kane scored the absolute oh, that screamer was that, that was, was good, yeah. that was a good North London derby but other than that I mean that, that's, that doesn't even compare to this it was brilliant six goals <laughs> red card <laughs> Load yellow, of fights. Yellow cards all over. Great celebrations. Beautiful, yeah. <laughs> we'll get on to those <laughs> later on. There's some really good celebrations, actually, which is which is the part of, you know, part of a great game, I think. You've got a good celebration in a game, <laughs> changes it. Yeah, but I wanted Aubameyang to whip out the Batman mask, but it just... Oh, oh so that'd have been so good. He oh. still did a flip and a he did a celebration somersault. in front he of the Spurs fans. But, oh, yeah, let's get on to then. I think that's probably the natural place to start. Two goals for him, obviously. Ten goals this season, Lucas, and... And how good do you think he is, really, compared to, to maybe Kane and Aguero? I think he's he's definitely right up there. I mean, if you look at the stats, he's he's since he's joined and made his debut in February, only Salah's scored as many goals as him. He scored twenty in the league this or since he's joined in February. Yeah. Against Kane, he's got he's scored. Aubameyang scored a goal every one hundred and four minutes, and yeah, compared to Kane, who's only on like one hundred and fifty-seven. Yeah. A goal put stat. So yeah. I think he's definitely still up there, and there was a quite incredible stat. Really, it was he's the first player since two thousand and seven to score directly from ten consecutive shots on target. Really? Yeah. 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 I, saw that. I didn't see that. That's crazy. Yeah. So he's had ten shots on target. They've all gone in yeah. in a row. Yeah. That is re- that is lethal. That is the only he's way. He's literally to... a poacher and a finisher. That is brilliant. But is that what sets him apart, Alex? Is it the finishing, or is there another part of his game that you think that really sets him apart than these other players? Do you know what it is? It's his second goal, where yeah. he just somehow manages to find that space and put it beautifully in the corner. It couldn't have been better. You know, it couldn't have been further in that corner. And he's just not in a position to, to be honest, to, to get it there. Yeah. And he wrong foots Lloris, and like that sort of finishing is what Arsenal have been crying out for for years because they've had Olivier Giroud up front. With all due respect, <laughs> I mean, I mean that goal was—it's not really what we've come used to with Aubameyang. He's sort of become the poacher of our team, where he gets into the back post and the ball's played to him, and he sort of finishes it off in the area. Whereas that goal, he just hits that so smoothly on the first time, basically bending it into the corner. It was just a great goal for him. Yeah, I think I'm I'm a bit of an... I, I, I like Aubameyang. I, I do rate him. I think it's the pace as well, though. I think I quite like the fact that he was just sprinting behind. But those sort of finishes, it was literally just all instinct, wasn't it? 
mm. acting on instinct. And, and what, what sets him apart for me as well is the fact that he's done it in France with Saint-Étienne and then he went to Germany, done it with Dortmund and now he's doing it with Arsenal. He's on the same sort of level. Whereas, you know, you've got your Canes and you've got your Rose. I think yep. he's better than he was for Dortmund, you know, now. I didn't think he'd improve, but I feel like he is. Like, you look at Lacazette and how he did in France, and he's not doing... He's, he's doing well, don't get me wrong, he's not doing near as well as he was in England because it's quite a hard league to adapt to, the Premier League. But Bamiang's just taking it in his stride. He's been phenomenal. Yeah, and, and one other person I wanted to talk about that's been phenomenal, and Lucas, I think you already know what's coming up. Torreira. Unbelievable player. Poor, <laughs> <laughs> I can't even... I'd describe him. He's literally exactly what Arsenal as a club needed. And I think... For how long as well? How long have they been looking for a midfielder like Torreira? I think since Gilberto in about 2006. We've literally, <laughs> we've literally been looking for a midfielder like him. Yeah. And to be honest, I think Emery's the exact coach that he needed yeah. in his career. I think they've got the same personality and that when they go on the pitch, they want to leave everything there and yeah. just give absolutely everything. And I mean, even if you just look at like his stats from the game yesterday, and he made 12 ball recoveries. That's actually, I think, more than any other player has in the North London derby, if I'm correct. It, that, that could be correct. I don't have that written <laughs> down. But it is correct. I, 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 I think Arsenal signed Granit Xhaka, hoping that he'd be a Lucas Torreira-type midfielder, and then they realised he wasn't. So they, they, signed, they, useless. So, they signed Lucas Torreira to be a Lucas Torreira-type midfielder. And, you know, he's box-to-box. For me, early signs, he's only played, obviously, you know, not even half a season in the Premier League yet. He's got the potential to be the next Kante. Ooh, for me, he's that like much. That. Of a, he's that much of a workhorse. You forget as well. He's twenty-two. Exactly. He's only he's twenty-two, exactly. and he's at that level. His work rate is phenomenal. I mean, I mean, he was described by his old coach at Pescara, I think it was. But he's um, Pescara, yeah. He just said that behind Busquets, he's the tactically most or tac- tactically strongest midfielder in Europe. And mad. I mean, when you read that before he comes, you think, well, that's just his old coach bigging up one of his. Like players, yeah. But then you see him, and his reading of the game is unlike really anything that I've seen in an Arsenal player since sort of, sort it, of anyone really. Yeah, really, it's, it's, it's just on that level. Well, having watched him at Sampdoria last season, I can tell you've got a player on your hands. He is absolutely fantastic, and it's the way he controls games as well. I, you can you set aside like the sideways passing nonsense because. At the end of the day, he is controlling the game. He's putting it out to the channels. And he's also looking forward as well. So looking forward for a holding midfielder. He looks forward in his passes a lot more than a lot of other players that play that position at a mediocre standard. And he's at a level where he is one of those elite midfielders. And it's shocking that I can't believe that. Um, so, I mean, Samp was sort of forced due to financial issues. But they had to let him go for $26 million, But he's well, it was probably worth about tw- twice that, to be honest, in my opinion. I think he's on that level. I think when you look at that 26 billion, it's made even better by the fact that we're paying that in instalments. Yeah. Over 10 years, we're paying that 26 million. Yeah. And I think if you're saying that for this season, we've basically paid three million pounds for him. I think that's incredible, really, when players are going for what they are these days. Alex, can you think of anyone that's uh, or any signing that's been better than him for value? Oh, for value. I mean, I was going to say Alisson. Um, uh-huh. But well, you could say that is value because also I think we've only conceded five goals this season. So I know, but f- you have to look at for the price that Torreira, yeah, you know, signed for what he's brought to the team. The thing is, I think it took a while for him to be integrated because he was coming off the bench, wasn't he, the first few? Games. Yeah, he was. He was. And it was because of the World Cup, though. That's I heard. I believe so. Yeah. 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 That's that's the thing, though. Like <coughs> now he's come into the team, you can see the effect he's had. But he's had less time than perhaps you know your Allisons, your other signings, etc., etc. But um, I think he's. I mean, he's top three, top five. 
for me in terms of Premier League signings. Well, yeah, and especially with Emery coming in, obviously trying to in, invent this new system, he's adjusted to it perfectly. He's the figurehead in that system. So you know how Jorginho is is so key to Chelsea and, and Sarri's, and what Sarri's implementing there. It's on the same level for Emery and, and Torreira, I feel like, that he is that integral to the team. And and I'm I'm like very jealous of Arsenal right now because I would have loved him. I mean, we've got Fabinho, but I probably would have pre- I prefer Torreira, I can tell you that. I don't know if, if either of you feel the same, but... Well, no, yeah, I think if we we saw it in the Arsenal-Liverpool game, really. Torreira literally controlled that game. He's mm. just so good at winning the ball back and then setting play again. And I can't really imagine, really, Arsenal playing as well as they did on Sunday without him. Well, yeah, and one player in particular I want to highlight was Ramsey, obviously, coming off the bench, two assists. And a lot of his game was freed up by Torreira, but... You know, that's a big impact as a sub to make, isn't it, Lucas? Mm. And you were saying how, how Dyer was having some words with him and, and maybe that set him up on, on probably probably one of his best performances this season, I would say. I, th- I think definitely. I think ever since the whole contract thing happened with Ramsey, he's sort of looked a bit disin- disinterested. He's not really sort of playing the way he has done. But then you saw in this game that he just had like the fire in his belly. He was really, really going for that game. And he he always has played well against Spurs. He scored several goals. He enjoys celebrating in front of their fans. He's just that type of player, really. Yeah. I was going to say, if this, is, if this is a disinterested Aaron Ramsey, then they need to give him a new contract. <laughs> Simple <laughs> as that, to be quite honest. He's another player I'd like at Liverpool, to be honest. I think there were rumours coming out, because obviously also Chamberlain made a similar switch, didn't he? And Or I would have... That sort of Ramsey, yeah. you think, yeah, I'll have a bit of that, please. <laughs> It's a weird one because he can play well at number 10 and he does sort of create those chances, makes those third-man runs. But I don't really know where he'd fit in in a Jurgen Klopp Liverpool no. side, really, because he's not got the creative ability of like, the Fakir that you were linked with. So. Yeah, or even Naby Keita, who's, who's starting maybe to, to flourish, like Alex said, a bit earlier. But um, Spurs, I just wanted to add a comment on them as well. Looking very vulnerable, weren't they, at the back? And, and it's worrying, isn't it, because... With the lack of depth as well, you saw like the the, the defence they fielded, wasn't it? It was Ben Davies, Foyth, Vertonghen and Aurea. That's, that's not great. I know they've spent money on those players, but I don't think that's great, Alex. And I don't think that's a level where, you know, that if that's your backup defence, it's a bit worrying, isn't it? You can see the level that Alderweireld, you know, how much he impacts the team because he wasn't playing yesterday and they were shambles. You saw Vertonghen. What on earth was Vertonghen doing for the handball coming <laughs> yeah. from? Was it a corner or a free kick? Shocking. I couldn't, I genuinely couldn't believe it. You know, gives away a penalty completely fair enough. And then the second challenge on Lacazette was woeful. Gets a second yellow card and gets sent off. You know, he was hopeless. Juan Foyt was, to be honest, hopeless. They were yeah. poor, absolutely poor yesterday. Although, to be fair, I think credit does need to be given to the Arsenal attack because you know, I've already spoken about Aubameyang second, but then Lacazette's goal as well. Yeah. How he finds the space. I know it takes a deflection of Dyer, <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, it's not an own goal, is it? It's in the it literally back dribbled into the net, <laughs> didn't it? It was, in so, it was literally in slow motion. Finds that gaps, though, you know, it's... The fact that they've got two strikers you can do that just absolutely tore apart the top yeah. defence. I was going to say, is it down more to maybe Pochettino or maybe Spurs just getting it wrong with the tactical setup, Lucas, or is it down to down to Arsenal's brilliance maybe on the day? I know I know which <laughs> one you're going to say, but... I, I think it's a, it's a bit of both, really. I think Arsenal did play very, very well and we pressed them very high up the pitch, which obviously caused them to panic and stuff. And the fact that they left out Alderweireld was quite a shock to me because he's literally their best centre-back. But I think it is quite harsh to sort of criticise them when you do look at how like their their squad is literally crumbling, literally, yeah. literally like a bath bomb in um, 
uh, like water. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's literally it's like disappearing. It's, yeah, tri- it's Trippier, Wanyama, Dembele, Lamella. They've all been injured in recent weeks. So yeah. I think if you look at that, there's a there's at and least two players that would be starting in that team. Well, and the lack of investment as well in the summer. That's the worrying thing, wasn't it, Alex? They they had the opportunity to strengthen. They chose not to. Yeah, no squad depth whatsoever, and that's not going to help them. I think the difference yesterday between Spurs and defense, Spurs' defense and a Bath bomb is that a Bath bomb has color to it and it's quite exciting but Spurs <laughs> was, was to be honest quite the opposite you're really carrying the torch <laughs> of that bath bomb analogy well, you know, Lucas there I think, you? I think it was perfect to be honest but no <laughs> in terms of squad depth um, no, none at all I was very surprised they had you know obviously I know the stadium is to be honest wiped all their funds whatsoever yeah pretty fun. much but <laughs> liquidation <laughs> but that's, that's not ambitious is it yeah. like you know, the chairman has money Daniel Levy has money so you know I don't understand how Spurs haven't made a signing during the summer, considering the fact that, you know, they're a top four team now. We didn't to be to, honest. They didn't need to strengthen that much, though. They didn't need to add that much. It was I just think... maybe a couple defensive reinforcements, maybe one or two, maybe a midfielder, like one midfielder, one defender. They'd probably be in a ten times better position than they are now. I know, but when Alderweireld and Trippier get injured and then you're bringing in Juan Foyt and Serge Aurier, I think that shows that really their squad depth did have to improve. And yesterday, I think, proved that in that, some, you know, in that sort of sense. Yeah. Personally, I mean... He didn't play particularly well yesterday, but I think Foyt actually is quite a good player. So I think it's quite harsh the level of criticism that he's sort of. It was it was his first ever North London derby, yeah, he's also, and he's being pressurised by some of the top strikers and players. I know, but it was yeah, also Matteo Guendouzi's first North London derby. He's nineteen years old, and he was phenomenal. Yeah, you can argue. Did you see, I, um, I don't know if you've seen this, Lucas. I think it came out this morning, but there's a video of Gondouzi in a car. Oh no! I, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's driving. It's driving down a road, and it just reminded me of Sideshow Bob when he gets taken to prison. He's <laughs> just like, it was just one of those. Where I was just sat there like, I can't believe that's happened. Like, but um, one other thing I just wanted to mention just before, obviously, we do go to our next break. Is do you think, Lucas, this is the sort of performance that cements them as a top four team? Do you think that this puts them above maybe Spurs in the pecking order fully, or is it, or is there maybe a lot more to, more to play? I think if you look at Arsenal over the last few seasons, so the ma- the main problem was the fact that we literally couldn't beat the top teams, and now if you're looking at that sort of performance, why can't we beat those teams? So if we're adding that to the sort of solid performances against the lower league teams, yeah, I think we've become more of the like whole package and I think that sort of does take us above the levels of Tottenham and even Chelsea I think if you see the Tottenham game like yeah. w- w- when you, when you see that they're, when their defense gets sort of attacked they sort of crumble and that would yeah I think if you're looking at that then you would probably say that they'd be the one that's going to finish outside of the top 4 yeah well that is one of our questions later is is about this no um London teams but Alex I ask you as well do you think that is the the performance that that sets Arsenal apart from maybe Chelsea and Spurs? Um, I think um, it certainly sets their attack apart. Yeah. Um, one of the best in the league, 100%. Um, defensively, I'm aware it was a five-minute spell where Spurs didn't really, you know, I mean, they, did, you know, some would say some would dive. I won't go into the argument because I know I'll get beef on Twitter. But, um, <laughs> but um, he did dive. Um, but, but, um, I like, agree. I, I, do you know what I mean? It's... Defensively, yeah, it wasn't the best performance. I think Leno made a mistake, obviously, on that goal. Um, but definitely going forward and in the midfield sets them apart, but there's still improvements to have to be made at the back. Yeah, well, that wraps up, obviously, the uh, North London derby. Crazy game. 
crazy conversation <laughs> I feel like we've just had. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, after the break, we're going to be talking about West Ham and Newcastle and answering your questions, of course. But for now, it's December.